I'm Critter. I'm Jace. And we should be working. working. God damn it. It's one, two, (laughs) say it. (laughs) All right. I'm Critter. I'm Jace. And And we we should should be be working. working. I fucking hate you so much. (laughs) (laughs) How's your week going? I know you're only asking me that so that you can talk about whatever bullshit you wanted to talk about. So I'm trying to scroll to see if I could just ask you to talk about that. I want to know about you. You never let me into your world. I keep trying. See, here's the deal. And here's here's the rub with all of that is you already asked me about my day so that you have permission to tell me about your day so that I can (laughs) just give you shit for just pouring all your shit onto me. So if I never Man. tell you about my day, then you can never tell me about your day, and it's good. This would be a three-second podcast. Exactly. But yeah, for real, I don't remember. What, what thing did you want to whine about? Shut up. How's your week going? I really want to know. How my week is going on a Tuesday? How's, how, At, during the, past... the lunch hour of my Tuesday, so I've had one and a half days to, to come up with an answer. It's, it's, the... it's a lot like the beginning of a week. You know, everything's building up. <laughs> I'm um I'm doing work. Uh, I'm in meetings. Um, Any yeah. big insights from the weekend? Like what? I don't know, man. Do you do things on the weekend in quarantine? What does that look like? Uh, I mean, this weekend I just played video games. I uh I got my second shot on Friday, and then Saturday I planned to do nothing just in case anything happened. But uh, like all it was is just it felt like a bruised arm. Essentially, like somebody just punched me in the same spot over and over again. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I mostly just play video games all weekend. Mm-hmm. Just kind of killed time. Do you do you feel guilty at all after like burning a weekend with video games? Or is it, is it a good feeling? No, not at all. Because anybody who's going to tell me, oh, you're wasting your life or do something productive. I mean, they aren't getting up at 5 a.m. seven days a week and working out for the first two hours of their day so they can lick these nuts. So you think you've you've kind of like earned the you've earned the right to spend a whole weekend playing video games without caring what anybody thinks, dude. If if my nutrition's handled and I'm working out six of the seven days and all of that, and my puppy's happy, like I have no other obligations to anything. Fuck you, <laughs> like, man. See that I'm jealous of that because like I I can't I can't even watch. You know, okay. Say say that I have like an hour alone for whatever reason. If I spend that hour like watching TV, I just feel bad about myself. I feel like I wasted it and I hate it. I hate it so much. It's not like it's not a healthy way to feel. But I mean, you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I need time away. The the whole thing with how I work, like, oh, everybody wants to talk about like being an introvert and extrovert and like being around people or charges people and whatever. It's video games like me being able to just zone the fuck out and get into like a flow state for long periods of time is the way that I reset. And the only, mm-hmm. the, the only way I know how to do that. And the only way that I've like, I have all the things I've tried is video games. Like I've, I've just, I, I've just done them so long that it's the controllers. It's just like second nature. It's like my, my hands are kind of claw ish in a sense, because like, <laughs> I mean, I've been holding controllers since I was a kid. Or playing on a mouse and keyboard as often as I could as, you know, so I mean, it, it's uh, kind of ingrained. Yeah, yeah. See, that, that's exactly what the point I'm trying to make. It's like, I, I think that that would be the case for me, too, if I was able to do it without just feeling bad about myself for doing it. 
you know, and I don't really have a reset because of that. I feel like there's this constant need to be productive, be productive. And then right. I'm just exhausted and sick of everything all the time. Yeah. So you have no reset, like nothing, not even like a, a I don't, good run or like anything like that. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like I, people always say, you know, do you feel better now that you run consistently or work out sometimes? Like, I don't, I don't know that mentally it made any difference for me whatsoever. I so, can't. Kind of on the same thread, like, same for me. It, it's not It's not that I'm doing it consistently. It's that I did something that day. <laughs> like, it, it doesn't matter how consistent I am. Like, uh, it, it only matters if I'm consistent, if I want to be nice or, like, a, a, I don't know, less rough-edged person, uh-huh. um, like, consistently, which I don't. But, like... Kind of like we've talked about in the past where I just see like all the shit out in the morning, all like all the aggression and just whatever I wake up with and just dispel it in the gym. But like so so that actually like if you don't work out, then you 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 have like more of a temper or something that day. Like that makes a meaningful difference. Like I'm much more agitated, like easily agitated and like I just I'll snap more or not snap, but snap back more. Like I'll just make comments to like dig at people. I don't really mean to. Yeah. Like, of course, I don't do this at work, but I mean, like with my friends and like my family and housemates and stuff, catch it a lot more. Yeah. See, I don't think I'm like that. I mean, I think that I, I don't. I don't know that there's a correlation between like, did I run that day and how short is my temper, you know, or like how how content am I throughout the day? I don't think that there is, and I don't think that I'm any happier now than I was like five years ago before I ran or worked out. I, I don't so, think that's. So why don't, I don't you think I have stop working out and see what happens? Because then I lose all my gains. You don't have gains. I well with with running gains, I do like I if I stop for a month, you okay, know, my right, fitness yeah. level would decrease. Um, and I mean, that's like that's the that's the reason, you know, like reason. The only reason that I keep doing it is because if I stop doing it, then I wouldn't be as good at doing it anymore. <laughs> so but then you can just, just start like, again. You can. You yeah, test then the you got to build back up, though. You know, you know, it's like the it's like we had a conversation one time about how can you just totally change careers and throw away all that work it's the same thing like i I just can't throw away you know two years of running consistently and the longer i do it the harder it is to throw away same thing with blogging if i ever don't want to blog i just kind (laughs) of have to because i can't break the break the chain you know you can't break the streak you put yourself in a corner yeah i mean and that's the nobody puts baby in the corner except for baby it's the good old-fashioned sunk cost fallacy like i know this you know i know that i have a sunk cost of a year's worth of blog posts and I shouldn't let that be the thing that makes a decision for me. But it's just it's really tough to to break a streak that you've worked so hard on so long. Right. But maybe the problem isn't that like you're getting bored or tired of blogging. Maybe it's that you need to change what you're blogging about or like your perspective on the blog or something. Maybe you think just I'm, need... I'm cruising. I need some well, variety. Well, I think so. Uh, and this is just from my experience and what ends up happening with me and why it is easy for me to just kind of like cut off things and walk away forever is uh like i get to a point where i feel like i've plateaued and on that plateau i can exit without like without that sunk cost fallacy and all that kicking me and i can be like okay yeah i've I've, this is as far as i gotten let's cut it off and then move on to the next thing um i mean like that with with band and stuff like that too is like I, i got to a point and then like that one thing happened and then like i just had all of the all of that thought process all at once is just like, yeah, it's not worth it anymore. And just walk the fuck away. So I think, I think either you need to figure out kind of what we were getting at when we were poking at Lauren, like if she'd be happy in the same position, if she had like the same title over in five years, like 
it was just like find other things within that realm and like change it up a little bit add a new flavor add a new flavor yeah do some rollerblading instead of some running or something yeah i mean and, and or or scrap the whole thing and start again is the other or is the other side of it right like what happens if you stop for an entire month like just, right. just time box it and then like evaluate how you feel week over week or something something like that yeah yeah i hear you i mean it's it's uh and it is like a useful thing like i i kind of pride myself on being good at consistency you know when i want to start doing something i can do it and i can be consistent about it but um yeah i don't know it's it's sometimes like there are very little things that i've started and haven't kept up with you know i've kept up with not eating sweets i've kept up with reading kept up with running and working out and um and blogging was the other one um and yeah there's some days where i'm just like this isn't valuable you know, this isn't a good use of my time today. I have other stuff I really should be doing, but I can't break the streak. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that it's always healthy. I think that it's often pretty unhealthy. I also think that you, the habits you set up like to to blog every day is to actually like sit down and write every day, which yeah is a thing. Yeah, I mean, your mood is definitely never going to be or not always 100% be, you know, I'm going to write whatever or I'm going to write a good chunk of something which we know your blog is all trash anyway but you know the three sentences the first 50 you write, were good <laughs> i mean you tried right then they went and downhill then, yeah, now they just repeat there you every go. every uh, 20 posts or so just starts over same stuff <laughs> there you go but yeah i don't know just change it up start blogging but about the, um something you actually care about but the point is that the the reset man the i'm just i'm just so jealous of being able to just play video games and feel good about that I feel like that would just be the most freeing, amazing feeling, like unencumbered it's, happiness. Well, you know, it, it's not unencumbered happiness. That's for sure. Like it's not it's not happiness, but it is definitely a freeing feeling. Um, but what I what I end up getting out of it is like I, I plan and scheme like for future things. It's probably the closest thing I come to like goal setting or like reevaluating what my goals should be and stuff like that is is like in those long sessions because you know the game the game kind of just auto runs itself at some point or you know i i break character and like unmute my mic and yell at people if they're being idiots but um yeah normally online i I don't speak at all unless i'm playing with like close friends and stuff um but yeah strangers and stuff i I don't talk to um but yeah so like when, when i'm there i like uh, the whole chicken thing, like the chicken broccoli rice thing happened because I was just playing video games. And it's just like, well, if I want to play, let's say 10 hours today on, on a Saturday and I've already worked out at 5 a.m., I don't think that justifies me sitting around for 10 hours playing video games. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I definitely, I definitely have to like, like, and I, I mean, in the past, I mean, in the past, I used to play days straight and not give a fuck about anything, but I didn't give a fuck about anything. That was the problem. Now yeah, it's it's yeah. like now I have to break it up, right? Now the dog has to go out and use the bathroom. I have to make sure I play with him every every so often so that he's not just fucking bored out of his mind. Like I have to take him for walks, feed him, all that stuff, as well as feed myself. And then like so now I'm just like, okay, well, as long as the dog's taken care of and I've worked out in the morning, is it enough? And then it still is enough. So then I was just like, okay, well, if I want to play video games like this, I'm at least gonna cut out like all the bullshit, you know, Grubhub ordering that I do because, you know, I'm mm-hmm. just playing video games to go cook or like reheat some food or some shit like that. So then like that, that's how the whole chicken broccoli rice thing is like, Oh, well then I'll just 
fucking meal prep and try it this way and just go the super healthy route first and see how long that goes. So, I mean, there's some good stuff that comes from it. Other than that, like, it's either something good comes from it or, like, I realize just a bunch of shit things. And then I just, like, all right, I'll just bury those down deep forever and then try to have a good week next week. All right. You just, you got to the root of it. It's like, going. it goes back to the difference between maximizing and satisfying goals. So, like, for me, productivity is a maximizing goal. Like, I can never be productive enough, you know? If I have a minute free, then I have to use that minute for productivity. Um, and it's freaking exhausting, and I hate it. And for you, there's some point at which you can say, I've done enough today, and it's okay to just take it easy. Well, I mean, it's it's not it doesn't come from a good characteristic. It comes from me not valuing my own time and life and purpose and, yeah, just being. Like, I mean, there's just so many years of that, right, where my own shit didn't matter. Like, I didn't seem to marry anybody else, so I didn't put any value into it either. And then it's much easier to dismiss things, good or bad, when it's about me. But then if you if you come at something that's like close to me that I actually do care about and like openly care about, then, you know, you get, you know, the claws come out and the fangs come out and I actually like defend the thing and like be like, no, uh-huh. fuck you. But uh-huh. like if, it, if it's about me, I'm just like, yeah, OK, whatever. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it. I, I don't I don't know that I buy I don't know that I buy it, that it comes from a bad place of like not valuing your time. Well, I think. Well, I think it started a, a, from a bad place, right? Where like I just didn't care enough about myself to even like care if I was being productive right. or not, right? Yeah, I'll and buy then, that. Like, well, and um, well, that's where the like the more nonchalant um, or dismissive kind of like attitude towards it comes from. So like that—that's my starting point. And I go, oh no, wait, I have to care about this thing, and then like I have to I have to like work my brain to be like okay, why do I have to care about this thing? I should really care about this thing. And like, I have to convince myself to start caring about things. It's, it's a weird, like coming in from the opposite side of, of the spectrum type of thing. Do you, do you have anything right now that you don't like, it's going to be like the next thing, you know, like the next thing that you probably should care about, but you don't yet. So you got nutrition uh, and fitness unlocked. Yeah. I mean, I need, I need to start getting back to doing like, uh, taking care of my, the other aspects of my health. Like, I mean, I have, I need to find a dentist down in Eugene after I moved. I mean, it's been a year already and stuff like those types of things. I'm, I've just been pushing off forever just cause mm. like, eh, whatever. I mean, like in my mid thirties and shit, I should definitely be seeing a doctor more regularly than I have been, you know, once every three years and shit. So, man, you just reminded me of like the, the thing that I've always wanted ever since I was maybe 20 or something. It's just like, give me a checklist to be an adult, you know, like, or like a schedule of just like, if you want to be a decent human adult, like here are the things you need to a do template. and here. Boiler yeah. Plate. Like a template. Yeah. Like, you know, going to the dentist and getting your oil changed and cleaning the freaking bathroom, you know, every X weeks or days or whatever, just like all this, like having a will, just like all this basic stuff. And I want, I want someone to tell me exactly what to do and exactly when to do it. And if I can just check all those things off, then I'll be doing okay as an adult. And that but, just doesn't exist, man. Yeah, but then you'd just be living your life on rails. Is that that's what only want? a small That's only a small portion of your life, though. Like, just the, the bare minimum to be an adult, that's not going to take up, you know, your entire life. That's just, like, it's, uh, it's overhead. Think, and it's overhead that but, you should be doing anyway. But I'm spending so much time trying to figure out what I should be doing that, it, you know, it takes more time than if I just had someone telling me and I could just do it fair if only you had like 
a spouse you could talk to and help you with that kind of thing or like family <laughs> members that live like right across the street that maybe have their they rely on that, uh, they rely on me man i'm the uh, i'm the i'm do. the most adult yeah they do any no i i call bullshit on that right now i'm the, I'm the decision maker nancy the is smart one. far better adult than you are there actually is a book called adulting what How to become there's a, a book there are many books oh, in the world goodness. i don't know if you know this I don't know if you've actually cracked the book, you know, since you since you became an adult. But there's one called Adulting: How to Become oh. a Grown Up in 468 Easiest Steps. And I saw this, and I was like, "Oh heck yeah!" But it's just super, like Instagrammy, you know, dumb there's stuff. No, like, well, that's the thing, right? There's no there's no cheat code for being an adult. There's like general. There freaking things should that be. Should well, there's there, generalized things that you should do, but everything is so subjective, and person to person is just so different. Like what I'm you talking need about to the do, stuff that's not though, like all the stuff that's shared, like the shared adult stuff. Yeah, every everyone because you owns mentioned a car. you you mentioned changing your oil. I, I've never owned a car that that would never be a shared adult thing that we have. All right, yeah, you know what you know what it needs. It needs a uh, an app that asks you questions about you. You know, it's like, are you so it's uh, not you it's not car? just one thing. It's just you live in it. Oh my goodness, I hate this idea so much. It needs it needs permutations. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's like, yeah. Do you own a car? Do you own in? The, do you live in the city? You know, what's your do you age? Own a home? Yeah. Do you own a home? Do you have kids? Oh God, kids. Yeah. Bring their whole. They're in. Are you? Are do you married? Like your debts and everything. Like you would have to give it everything, and then it'd be like, maybe, all right, this is how you you do your life. Maybe what I'm really asking for is a life coach. Maybe this is just a life coach that I just want a digital. I think of. what you're asking for is somebody to just run your entire life for you. I think you need like an executive assistant that you give like half your salary to and they just do all the things, set up your entire schedule and all you do is follow, follow a, a Google calendar. Actually, yeah, way off on another tangent. Um, I tried to do this once with the working out when I was trying to figure out like when to work out and all that other stuff on one of my Gmail accounts, personal Gmail accounts I, on the calendar thing. I was like blocking out things like per day and I did like general swaths and I was like trying to break it down even further into like smaller increments and stuff. It, it just fucking became so much chaos. I was like, I, there's no way I'm just going to do this every day, all day, all the time, like scheduled to the half an oh. hour and shit. And it's just like, no, I'm, I'm good. You're talking about that, like 168 hours exercise. You like plan out your ideal week. I didn't know that was a thing, but sure. Yeah. It's something similar to that. Yeah. Like trying to, trying to what you're saying of like, have like a templated sort of week of like, well, this is what I yeah. do generally and then like this window is kind of quote unquote free time that or like i could change it to do whatever mm -hmm. yeah it just became it became strange as soon as like another person enters enters the arena then you're just like oh you have a schedule too and like things that you have to do and i have to work around that oh shit yeah that does throw that does throw a lot of stuff for a loop i sometimes think about how much simpler i think is the right word life would be if i was just single um, I would hate it. I would be lonely and bored and miserable, but <laughs> things would definitely be simpler. I don't think you could live as a single person. Why not? Just, just the constant need that you have for like attention and stuff. Like you, there's no way you could live on your own, like by yourself. Yeah. I, I do think that's, that's one of the things that makes me know that I'm an extrovert is like the thought of, you know, getting off work and then just being alone in a house is i i would just i would want to die like it would just kill me and i yeah i need some companionship for sure 
You sad wink, little wink. man. <laughs> See, aren't you glad I asked you about your week? That was great. Not at all, actually. But I enjoyed that thoroughly. And yeah, I as a side note, I um I remember you told me about I thought it was you that told me about the 168 hours thing. Maybe you just didn't use those words and I like heard it later or something. But yeah, the whole idea Maybe. of just like have a spreadsheet of all the hours in a week and fill it up with your ideal week. And, you know, you'd be surprised how much time you have, actually have. We might have even talked about it briefly on on the podcast. But yeah. OK. I, I mean, I, I tried to do this a couple years ago. I think I think it still exists on on my one Gmail account. I should probably go check it out and try to redo it. But I want to see it. Yeah. I mean, it was mostly just blocking off workout times and then seeing when I would have to like start work and then how much hour like where I would end. And then I was like at one point trying to split uh, my work day in the middle so that I could like take a nap. That way I could like stay up later. <laughs> so I'd not go mm. to bed at fucking 8, 9 p.m. So like, yeah, I was trying I was trying to do a bunch of different little experiments with it. And just like, this fucking sucks. I'm just going to live my life. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah at a certain point you just start to feel like you know like you're in a lab or something yeah i well, love that I, idea of just napping though in the afternoon as a regular thing i wanted to try that for forever and just see how it feels but i can't ever work it out schedule wise fucking every time i've done it it's been just so good like i mean yeah i, I i'm the most productive it, it, well at coding it, at least to or like figuring out like coding shit early morning like as soon as i wake up I'm just better at it because like my brain's more clear. Like it's a little more empty than when I've been up and everything's been frustrating me all day. So like, uh, yeah, the early mornings I try to code as much as I can. And as soon as somebody like messages me something or he sends me an email about something, I'm just like, ah, okay, that flow's gone. Yeah. And then like try to reset it again. But, uh, the afternoon thing works really well too, because I used to like cut from the office at phase two to go to school in class mm. so there would always be like a couple hour break there and so like my body just kind of still has the habit of like all right you need to take a break at 2 p.m because you got to go to class it's been like five years or whatever since i've been out <laughs> yeah your body just knows time for a break that's one thing that i hate about america is like we don't have siestas man see it siesta like other cultures just have this figured out it's just a normal part of work life it's like you have a little nap break after lunch if you get a uh, hawaiian stroke <laughs> What is that? I mean, I've mentioned it before. It's where you eat so much Hawaiian. that you just pass out. You just this isn't a, nap. a thing. I just googled it. Hawaiian. I don't see it's it anywhere. The, it's a fucking term that we used as kids. It's like a local thing. Like they call it the Hawaiian stroke when you eat too much at lunch and then you just feel lazy. You just want to like pass out and take a nap. So then most people do. Like not during work, clearly, but like off days and shit, or if you go to events and whatever, you overeat. I always called that the itis. The uh, itis. Ooh, that's a real. Uh, so, okay. The story here is that like 13 years ago, Nancy's brother told me he had the itis. I was like, what the crap is that? And he said it was when he ate too much. And I thought it was like, a you know, he eats too much and he gets tired or whatever. I thought it was a thing he made up. And I never looked it up until this moment. Um, apparently, it is a real thing. That means a normal state of drowsiness following a meal. The itis. <laughs> is that in the Urban Dictionary? No, nah, the the it's on Wikipedia. The actual name for it is postprandial somnolence. Colloquial colloquial colloquially colloquially known as food coma, <laughs> after dinner dip, and postprandial sleep, or by the African American vernacular English term, the itis. That is so cool. I love that that's an actual thing. It makes me happy. AKA Hawaiian stroke. Oh, it is on Urban Dictionary too. Yeah, if you search for Hawaiian stroke, you get like 
stroke techniques for surfing and stuff. I don't, I don't know, man. That's bizarre. Yeah. So what now? What are you wearing? A jacket. Do you like it? Oh no! This is my athletic jacket. It's it's sheen. Athletic. It's shut up. It's sheen and shiny. Just go go switch places with your wives. Go go watch your kids, and then bring Nancy up here, and then me and her will finish this episode. Man, Nancy doesn't want to look at your stupid face. She's resting for nap time. She does. Nap time is sacred. She's resting for nap time. Yeah, she's not napping, but the kids, the the Thomas is napping, which means that Uh, she gets a break. She gets a break. Which means. Yeah, which means I'm not going to give her anything to do because that's her one time a day. That's her reset. Like, she has a reset and it's nap time. I'm pretty sure it resets when she hits you. That makes her feel good. Mm, That makes her feel worse. I try to convince her. No, no. I've witnessed (laughs) it. She's a better person every time she's hit you. Well, that's not because she hits me. That's because she's pleasing you and she's a people pleaser. But if you're not there, she hits me. She feels sad. So I think we solved the problem is I need to be more present and you need to get hit more. You just yeah, you want to be a bigger part of my wife's life than you are already. Sure. As long as you're getting hit in the process. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so the thing I wanted to talk about 30 minutes care. into the podcast, this is a big deal. Take the take the jokes and put them out the door and roll with me. Get serious. I um I have been stressed out with work for like five so months now freaking five stressed, months man. you like you've five, been like, stressed out for five months and we're just now hearing about it are you serious talk, I, every time we talk I'm we talk about this <laughs> okay i was like god have i not complained about this enough uh, yeah so, yeah you suck at your job we know everybody knows the, every everybody just pings me after you complain about this by the way in every episode and they just message me like Carter just needs to come back to phase two he's such a loser why do you leave is that what they really say? Has anyone ever said that? Really? No. What one person has, but not not everyone. Just one person. Oh, okay. I, cool, I wish people would like that. I mean, I wish people would say that. Yeah, because so I've been here for like seven months. Nobody for, wants but, you back for, at face two. For the first, at least one person does, because you just told me. For the it, first, it was more of a joke. Two months, um, I was new, you know, and I I could claim being new, and I didn't really have to worry about it. But yeah, ever since then, it's been stressful and just not. A lot of fun. Like I, uh, one of the questions what? I ask people on stay interviews is, um, you know, is, you're at a job, right? Job, that, jobs okay. aren't meant to be fun by definition. Jobs should jo- jobs should have aspects that you're passionate about or look, or look forward to, right? Yeah, and you're supposed to apply for the job that you'd be passionate about or look forward to. Yeah, well, that's what I thought I was doing. So well, clearly, you've been misguided. And you need to reset. I'm wondering if that's true. I don't I don't know if that's true. So that that's kind of like the heart of the that's the root of the argument is like, you know, when I when I ask people on stay interviews, what's something about your job that you really love and like look forward to and, you know, wake up excited to do? I don't know that I really have anything like that. I don't I don't have any I don't have anything that I wake up and I'm like, yes, you know, this day is going to be awesome because I get to do X. But there's I, I don't either. Yeah, you don't you don't ever have anything that you're excited to do at work. Network, no. I've said this before, like building client stuff I'm not connected to at all. Like, even if it's like a fun technical thing to figure out, I'm like, yeah, but I'm doing it for a client. So, okay, I'll figure it out. But it's not like, oh, this is some cool shit. I'm just going to write a blog post about and fucking write some articles, maybe a tutorial. It'll be awesome. Like, fucking, okay, next ticket, please. I think that's, I think that's sort of like your personality, though. And I think that, 
uh, one, I'm, I'm used to having things that I look forward to. And two, not having something to look forward to plus like an ever-present sense of stress or like vague dread or something. It's just a really bad Man, combination. It really, it really, really, really sounds like you've just been this super privileged, like sheltered piece of shit for so long. And now you're like starting to get like a little pushback. You're like, there's no fun anymore. I'm not even getting pushback. I, I don't like this anymore, guys. Like, <laughs> like, all external signs point to me doing a good job. And that's not the point. Sure, so I sure. Got, I've been so telling I, you you've been doing a terrible job the whole time. You're not even a visionary. How are you a good manager? Get out of there. I'm a, I'm a great manager. Okay. No, you're not. No, you're not. You can't even say that with a straight face. You manager. can't even say that without laughing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shut up. I'm trying to like, I, this was supposed to be the, you know, 10 seconds of introduction and you dragged it out into five, five minutes. My bad. Um, the point is, uh, I brainstormed. Why am I stressed? What is it that's making me stressed? Because I haven't really been able to put my finger on it. I think I've identified four things. All right. You ready? I, I didn't want any of this, so I mean, if you're going to babble, just keep going. All right, don't ask ready. for my permission. Thing number one, I don't care about the problem space. Have we yeah, talked about this? That, that's a no, but that's a that's a big one. I mean, that's that's basically what I was saying. Do you, but do you do you care about the problem space and the things? No, that you I, work on? I do not. No, 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 I do not. Okay, see, I don't, I don't, I don't know how much I can really claim this is an issue because I don't know that I've ever actually cared about the problem space. It's just something that's still lacking that's always been like, like, you know, when I worked on bank websites, sports websites, like, you know, I don't care about any of that. Right. It's um, just the problem, right? That you're more interested in, not the space. That it's well, in. I think it's that when you're writing code for it, then at least you can care about the code, you know, even if you don't care about the problems that you're solving, like you can care about writing clean code and having a good architecture and, you know, being writing, writing things that run fast and stuff. Um, but without that, when, when, you know, your only involvement in the actual problem space is like vision and strategy and product management and, uh, you know, like writing up epics and stuff, then, you know, you don't even have that. So that sucks. That's thing number one. Um, so, and yeah, and also like, I don't, I'm unsure about that one because a friend of mine, when I talked to him about that, he was like, you got to get over that because even if it was something that you do care about after you worked with it for, you know, 10 months a year, like you wouldn't care about it anymore. You'd be sick of it. Any, anything good in the world you get sick of if you do it full time as a job. So I don't, I don't know how much I can really claim that as a reason. Yeah. I mean, and I, I believe that same theory as well. It's the whole reason, like I didn't want to get into computers for so long. That's why I like, I was, I was web developing the uh, quote unquote web developing way back when, when I was 16. And then it was just like, mm -hmm. I don't want to develop or I don't want to work on a computer. Then I'll hate computer games forever. I don't want to ruin my fun. And then like, look at I, you now. I know. And then I wasted eight years of being worthless and unproductive. And then decided to work on computers. Then everything turned around. Who'd have thunk? I mean, that's a like there, you know, it's a cliche to say nothing is fun as a full time job. I don't know if that's actually true. I don't think it's actually true. I think I think there's too many factors and everybody's too different for it to be like a wide, like a right cover all type of rule. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's thing number one. Thing number two is uh, is I Dr. Seuss? thing one and thing two. Yeah. Thing me and thing you. Redfish, bluefish. Uh, so thing number two is having a bunch of people depend on me as an actual manager. You know, like deciding their 
pay and their reviews and their promotions and trying to provide value with one-on-ones and representing them to a bunch of other senior managers and reviews and stuff. And just like the level of responsibility is stressful. But do you like it? Does it add value to your day-to-day? Mm, no. No? You don't, you don't like being a manager? I don't like anything. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Like, I, I don't wake up uh-huh. and, and I'm, I'm, I don't ever wake up and think I, I like what I'm going to be doing today. Um, I think it's, it's mostly added stress and I, yeah, I don't know. It's not, it's not a very, re- it's not rewarding like I thought it would be, but, but I, but I just always wonder if the reason it's not rewarding is because I'm just so worried about it all the time. You know, I feel like when you're stressed out about something, it can really like kill any positive effects you would have from it. Well, like what, what would be like a positive thing that you could get from managing like a tangible thing that you could get from managing that that would like make you excited about it or whatever is missing here, like more engaged with it or like care about it or whatever. Um, I mean, getting people promoted should feel good. Have you gotten Having, someone promoted? Yeah. And it doesn't feel good? I mean, it doesn't feel bad. It just it doesn't feel like I accomplished anything. You know, it's just it feels like are are you empty inside? Like, do you just not have any feelings? Is that what we're getting at here? You're just a hollow. No, person. I just I have only negative feelings. I have uh, right. I, and so I mean, you're just may, a hollow maybe, person. I don't think that's a hollow. I think that's that's the opposite of a hollow. I think a hollow person is like a sociopath or something that doesn't. You know, like I, I care way too much as opposed to a hollow person, which probably doesn't care hardly at all. But you were just talking about how you don't care about any of these things. About the whole being a manager thing and then whatever we talked about. No, no, that, no. When I, I was talking about the when I was talking about the problem space, I meant like, you know, the technologies sure, that sure. we're working on. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what you meant. I mean, I do care about the the people are the thing that I care about, which is like which is But just the, not uh, managing the people. I'm not saying I don't care about managing the people. I'm saying that it's stressful. And because of that, I think it's not fun. Like it, like it should it be. It's not rewarding like I want you. it to be. Yeah, but I mean, this is like this is classic uh, courage over comfort. Like I think that it's not comfortable, you know. And I think that social anxiety makes it harder because I'm just I'm always so focused on what do my people think of me, you know. I need for my people to like me as their manager. I need for them to respect me. Yeah, you gotta me be. And... You gotta stop being so self centered. Like stop thinking about yourself. Who gives a shit? Uh, I mean, that's that's like. You know, that's like telling someone who is an alcoholic to stop drinking. Like, this yeah. is it's tough. And people do it. <laughs> Fucking step up yeah, your but, game, dumb fuck. But not because someone tells them not to. So I did sign up what are you for... About? What? what? Are you serious? You think someone when? someone has stopped drinking because someone said, hey, you should stop drinking? Sure. I mean, maybe for like a mild case or something. <laughs> you just like don't realize. All right, you're, you're getting me sidetracked. Um, yes, I am. I don't want to talk about alcoholism here. <laughs> Uh, so alcoholic. let me just get through the four and then we'll talk at high level. So that's the thing. I was trying two. to let you, but you just keep talking. It's too much. You keep you keep nerd sniping me. Um, so thing number one is not caring about the technology. Problem you face. keep nerd sniping me. Thing number two is the stress of having people defend, d- depend on you and like worrying about what they think of you all the time. Thing number three is leadership is lonely. No team of my own. No sense of camaraderie. You know, we've talked about that before. Uh, and little violins are playing thing number four is <laughs> i know exactly what you're gonna say to this which is i don't know how to tell if i'm doing a good job and you can't i know you know you know do a good job everybody tells me you didn't wish job. but it's like you can't trust performance reviews because your manager doesn't see you every day why you know, like they don't know what you're doing because how would they know 
But when they, like they know the effects of your work, at least. I mean, they know what you tell them and they know what other people tell them. And so right. if you're if you're telling them only good things and other people feel too bad to say bad things, then for all they know, you're doing a great job. And that's like that's yeah. social anxieties. You're just worried that everybody's thinking bad stuff and not saying anything. Um, so I don't I don't know I mean, that that's on them. You just ride that wave. You but I care, man. I, I, I obsess. I ruminate. I think that. I think that's where you just need to like pull up some like blinders and just not give a shit about that. And like, well, if you're not going to tell me anything bad's happening, it's fucking all gravy here, baby. But how can I know? You know, I don't I, know. Well, well, so that so that's kind of the the stance I had to take with the tech lead thing, right? And what we've talked about in the past, where the feedback loop is just it's too big. Like, I I I will fucking drill myself into the ground thinking about that shit of like, is this decision that I made? the right thing and i won't know for another two to three months because that's when the project is supposed to launch so like it's just one of those days it's just like okay if nobody's gonna fucking tell me no i i, I know i think about it and obsess about it in my head a lot so like i've thought about it in as many scenarios as i as i can with my own perspective and it seems fine so i'm just gonna fucking roll with that until something bad happens it seems fine that's not enough for me it can't well, seem fine. But but that's the thing, right? It's like, I only know what I know. And if all the scenarios are running in my head that it works out, then I'm good with that. Like, I, I can put my name on that. Because if so, if it doesn't work out for whatever reason I didn't see, then it comes up. And then we know it's a problem. And then we address that problem specifically. Yeah. I wish I was like that. I signed up for so so that's that's the four things. So the I'll get back to what I signed up for. So I signed up for uh, no, hold on, take a step back. Four things. Uh, I don't care about the problem place. Uh, eight people depending on me, stressful, loneliness, and I don't know if I'm doing a good job. Um, and I think if I really think about it, I think all four of those could just be symptoms of anxiety and worrying about stuff that doesn't matter. I, I do think there's some of that. I mean, just because that's part of your personality, but. Uh... The the second one surprises me, I think, the most because everything you're complaining about there, I would think you've solved as a father, like with your kids, like and a family. I mean, how does that not stress you out all the time that you have four children that look to you as a role model and all of that? That's an interesting question. I think the difference is that I don't I'm not worried about what my kids think of me. Like, I think that. A good father is why, but why? Hold on, why? Why don't you? Well, that's what I, that's what I was about to say. Like, I think that a good father is not a friend. It's you know, it's a father. It's and sometimes that means making your kids mad at you and upset and like frustrated. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, and and so the developers that report to you are are your friends, so you can't make them mad or anything. No, you're not even on their team. You just said it. It's lonely. You are by yourself. You are not. You you are the father figure to those engineers. They they are supposed to be mad at you. You are supposed to keep right. them straight. Like you're supposed All to. All right. Let me see. Let me think about why this is different. Why do I? I I don't worry about my kids about what they think of me. I do worry about what the people I work with think of me. I think it's partially because i generally feel pretty confident that i'm handling things with my kids in a solid way i've watched it in real life you're not you're, you're fucking up but all parents fuck up that's the whole thing right but it's, i mean like 
I mean, yeah, I lose my temper sometimes. That's not what I'm talking about, though. I'm talking about like day to day, you know, like the rules that we set and the expectations that we have. Like, I feel like pretty sure that that's reasonable. Um, and I just I never feel that level of like I feel confident about my parenting and I don't feel confident about my management. So I think that's one thing. Uh, and I think that thing number two is my kids are always going to be my kids. And people that I manage could just one day be like, I'm sick of being managed by you and I'm going to leave your team. Good. That's the best kind of kid. That's the kind of kid that's like, I'm moving out. You're like, thank God you were fucking expensive as hell to support. But what if it was a saw like, you know, that that's my nightmare is like a solid performer. Just one day is like, I don't like you as a manager. And so I'm leaving that I care. Cares? Like that's, you. That's the, well, well, the problem is, is you can't be a good manager to everyone. Like you, you would not be a good manager for me. Like you wouldn't. We, we like with our personalities, we just wouldn't get anything productive done ever. It would just be this that we're, we're basically recording what our one ones would be. Uh huh. That'd be fun, though. I mean, it would be entertaining it. for sure. Like, it, it would definitely be entertaining. Like, it's it's similar to what, like, me and Bloom would talk about in our one-on-ones. It's just kind of like anything going on in work. And then if it was either, like, the normal stuff that was wrong or, like, nothing, we would just talk about running and lifting and the kids and vacations or whatever. Like, we would just talk about stuff. That's not okay. I need to be a good manager for everyone or else I've failed. But the, it, that's, the th- that's, that's the thing. And so... There, there's, there's just too much variation. Like, there, there's just too much variation. Like, if if you're not a good fit for a developer, even if they're like a crazy good developer, and it seems like everything's going well, maybe maybe they just don't want you and the particular questions that you ask to like pull information out of them or whatever. Right? They don't like your management style that you have this week because you've read a book. Like, maybe they just don't like this roller coaster of learning with you. Who gives a shit? That's on them. Go find a manager that you do like then. Hopefully they'll give you advice and career growth that you want. And if not, then you done fucked up. But it's no longer it's no longer your problem, right? It's 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 on them. I think you're I think you're agreeing with me. Like I think that my point is that all of these are caused by me caring too much about things that are out of my control and are not valuable to care about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a personality trait that you just have though about almost everything oh i don't think that it has to be i mean i think that that's social anxiety i don't think that's a personality trait i think it's like a disorder you know social anxiety is a disorder mm, yeah and but i think i, I got i gotta I work on it just i think you're just broken i think that, we're just well, that's, realizing that's it. what it means we're just <laughs> surfacing it but you're permanently so like up, this i well I'm, I'm gonna try and fix it i signed up for therapy for the first time in my life on oh, friday shit. remote it's therapy or are you like in-person therapy Remote therapy, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I would be interested to to hear the difference between you doing remote therapy and in person therapy. Uh, I mean, I, it's well, well, especially with your social anxiety, because it would be even more uncomfortable for you to sit in a room with a stranger you don't fucking know and open up to them. Well, that's why remote therapy is even better. So it'll be easier to. Well, open well, up. it's a, it's a, it's a the lower barrier to entry for sure, right? But that's why I was saying I would be curious to see, like, or to hear about, like, the differences if you, like, went in and in person for a therapy session versus remote. Like, if you would get more from the in-person one or if you would just, it would just be too much. Mm. Well, I would never be able to go. Like, I wouldn't be able to work it out to go regularly. Yeah, you don't have the schedule and and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And this I can just schedule, like, a meeting and not have to, like, make a big deal out of it. Good old technology. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm what hopeful. What is it? Friday morning is the first one. Friday morning. Ooh. Yep. Are you excited? I'm. I am excited. I'm pretty excited, man. I feel like uh, I feel like this is progress. I'm. I'm looking forward to just having someone sit there and I can just ramble at them about all the stupid stuff I'm worried about, and then we can start to you know talk through how I can work on it and fix it. I feel like I've I've read books and stuff, and it's you know I've done like online courses, and it's just like hold not on, the same. Hold it's just on, talking it out. You've read books. I have read books. I've read three books on social anxiety, and they all you know I'll read them and they'll like make sense whatever. And then it doesn't doesn't actually change much for me. It's like, you know, it'll give me tools applied. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you know, it'll it'll be like before you have a stressful conversation, think about what's the worst thing that can happen. And why are you in like what's what's your perfect thing that you're aiming for that you can't actually achieve? And like all that stuff makes sense. But, you know, when the rubber hits the road, it just like doesn't absorb or whatever. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I I think um, I mean, a big part in the therapy that I've done in the past was like, well, more recently was like I. I just didn't want to do the work like uh, probably the last lady that I was seeing like she's just like, yeah, these you're, you're hitting all these roadblocks because childhood shit. This is the work that you'd have to do. And if we just go down this path and do all this stuff, it's like, I'm good. I'll, I'll check you later. Mm, yeah. How long ago was that? 2018, 2017, something like that. It Funny enough, it was right around the time when I needed a lot of fucking help too and stuff and it's just like mm, i'm good but i mean it, it was just me being stubborn and like fuck it i handle it all myself yeah which so clearly you, has worked so out so well for me totally how many times did you see that person uh, i went and saw i saw that lady quite a few times i saw her every week for like three months i think and then she well she ended up moving so i just never got somebody else but the whole time I saw her, she was just like, oh, this, these are the exercises that you should do or like the homework she would give me. I'm like, I'm not paying you to give me homework. So did you uh, did you ever get to the point where you felt like you could just tell her anything? I so I have I, I tend to be unfiltered completely with every therapist and it doesn't always work out in my favor. Wow. I can't even imagine. It's going to take me forever to get to that point with somebody. Well, and so. I, I've been in therapy, man, I've been in therapy a long time in my life, uh, off and on since my earliest memories, five, four, like off and on. And, uh-huh. uh, I mean, just, yeah, it, it's weird. It, it's, I, I, I know, I know the questions they're going to ask and stuff. So like, I kind of have like a TLDR when I go in. And it's just kind of like, all right, this happened when I was a child. This happened when I was like in my adolescence. This has happened teenager. Then early 20s, my 30s. Now I'm like this. I go, okay, well, how do we, uh, what, what do you want to address? What do you, you want to work on? Like, things, I guess. I don't know. I want to be less of Can an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like I, I just told you all the things. Like, I, clearly I can't be an ideal citizen with that. So uh, let's try to be less of a dick. Like, I, I, I want to stop punching people in the face. How about that? Has it ever helped that you can point I, to? I had a really good psychiatrist in Washington when I lived up there for a while. Fuck. When I got forced to see her, which was funny, to keep my job at, at that hospital uh, when I pushed that manager. <laughs> uh, yeah, she, she was super helpful, but... There was also meds involved, which kind of sucked. And I wish the meds didn't come into play. So, like, uh-huh. yeah, it kind of sucked. 
with, it was with like what, bipolar medicine or something what? uh yeah there's a uh, behavioral medicine there's antidepressants and shit like that yeah um and didn't like that man they were fucking horse pills too those things were so giant but they, they <laughs> well so what ended up happening was it, it would just make me not want to do anything like it, it would kill all the good feelings i had and all the bad feelings i had so like any kind of like yeah. emotion that would bubble up for me to hit somebody would also be gone but like anything for me to want to like hug someone would also be gone so like it it did permanent damage to to all those things of just like i i don't have the same like chemical triggers that i used to have in certain things it's very strange how do you know that that came from the medicine like maybe you just maybe you just change yourself uh, I mean, I've had people living with me that like watched the whole transition and everything. And like, yeah, when I got off of them, some of the stuff got better, but not everything came back to like it was before then or before like I was on the meds and I was on the meds for a long time. I was like three years. Like it, mm-hmm. it was just hardcore meds that I, I was doing consistently that fucked up every like pathways and shit and the chemical balances in my brain and all of that and then i stopped all of it cold turkey oh dang really you didn't you didn't like taper no i uh i got to a point where i was just a zombie for the most part like died i just wouldn't do anything wouldn't want to do anything didn't care that i didn't do anything just cool whatever awesome yeah let's do that okay the whole time and at one point Fuck, oh God, this is okay, actually, uh, what was it? What came out? Garden State. The movie Garden State came out. Oh, yeah. With Zach yeah. Braff. And there's he, he's he's in there. And he's talking about how in the end there, when he's, he's talking to his dad and like, he's just like, I just I just want to fucking feel something like stop fucking trying to remove this pain. I'd rather feel the pain and like the other stuff as well. Like it was a, it was a really big thing. And this is one of those movies that actually like hit me in the gut because there's this is the line when him and Natalie Portman are in his friend's pool and he was talking about like uh, homesick for a place that doesn't exist and all of that like just all that shit was kind of going through my head as it was just because it was early 2000s when I moved from Hawaii so it was like a big thing and then like uh, yeah saw that movie and then that kind of like sparked the sparked the, the the change to like move away from the, the meds altogether and then at a coworker in the hospital who was just like, just smoke weed, man. <laughs> it, was, it was so good. But, uh, did, I mean, did that like actually help? Did you try it as a replacement no, I, for meds? I, no, I didn't smoke weed. I, I sold weed at that hospital, but I did not smoke weed. Um, yeah, no, no, I, I, uh, I stayed away from weed. I just stopped all that and then moved back to Hawaii for a year. So that was what, 2007, end of 2007 when I moved back. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. And that's the it, last it, time it you've just, been on medicine for it. Uh, I took I took an antidepressant more recently. Um, this is when the Portland office was still open. Uh, oh, it was right around when my grandmother died and stuff. There was just like a bunch of shit all around all of that, and I was like, I just I just need to not kill somebody with everything that's going on. I need to like I I, I just need something, and then I talked. I just talked to. Uh, I talked to another psychiatrist who fucking sucked. And then I just went and talked to a, my primary care physician and just talked to him and told him everything like the TLDR. And like, I've done medication in the past. This, this is the stuff that has worked. This is stuff that hasn't worked. I prefer this if you could type of thing. He just, he was cool about it. And then he like started yeah. on low dose and then like kicked it up when it wasn't working. Yeah. Did it help? 
that time? I did. It did for a short time, but I mean, I was aware, right? Like I, I knew what it was going to do. I knew, I knew the feelings that I would have. Like I, I, yeah, I was just more mindful going in this time. Whereas the first time I didn't know anything that was happening. So like all the changes that happened, I just thought were me being normal. And then like other people like, dude, you, you don't do anything anymore. Like you, you just kind of stop. Mm hmm. Hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, if, if somebody tried to suggest medicine as a solution for me, I think I'd be pretty resistant. And you know, like, I don't know why, because my wife has had medicine for her anxiety and it's like changed her life. You know, she doesn't take any right now cause she, she's doing really well, but like for a while that was the thing yeah. that, you know, got her through the day. Yeah. Like so I've I mean, seen it work. Xanax was one of the things that I was on for a while. It was like a, the slow re- or time release one or whatever. Cause I would take it during work because I had anger issues at work where I pushed the manager and stuff. So that was like a big thing is like, they're like, how do we not trigger you at work? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, and so for those who are listening, it was the manager's fault. He was a fucking prick. I hate that guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. He wa- Oh my goodness. If you work in a kitchen and you walk behind somebody that you know has a full tray of food, fucking announce it. If you don't announce it, it's your fucking fault. Uh-huh. 100% of the time. Fuck yeah, even guy. I know that. I've never even worked in a kitchen, but I know you got to be like behind, behind. I know yeah, that's and, the thing. Oh man, and we're the the whole reason why it happened is we were so busy that I was setting up a tray on like this makeshift table on the side because that's what he fucking told me to do. So he knew exactly where I was, and still it was a fucking problem. And he slapped the tray out of my hand so that he wouldn't like be bumped by it. I, I didn't even fucking hit him at all, but yet I got uh-huh. in trouble because I ended up pushing him after that because he wouldn't shut the fuck up and take it. Take ownership over what he did. I was just, I was so pissed. Oh my goodness. Skip, it sounds like it. Skip, my coworker, the older dude, he uh the the, the weed dude, he uh he was the one that just kinda like grabbed me by the shoulders and just kinda like pushed me and like walked me away from the whole thing because I was just oh man, fuck that guy. Man, that that manager name. Mm. Just think about that guy. I just want to hit him. I want to hit him so bad. I don't think I've ever had anybody like that in my life that I, if I think back on, I just want to hit him. I don't know that I've ever had the feeling. I mean, maybe when I was like a kid, my friend would make me mad or something. But like as a grown up, I don't think I've ever had anybody that I wanted to hit. I mostly just had people that I wanted to get away from. Well, I I think that's a cultural thing, too. Right. Like, in Hawaii, yeah, it's, it, it's yeah. like if somebody if somebody disrespects you, it's it's on you to get that respect back. And for a long time, the only way I knew how to do that was just fight or be fought, mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially get my ass kicked. Um, but yeah. No, I, I understand this. I understand it's not like the way the world should be and stuff. I was just saying that's where I come from. But in those types of things. Yeah, I mean, I have tried to start like, you know, growing up, it was like, well, we shouldn't solve anything with violence. That's stupid. Like, what are we cavemen or whatever? But, you know, now I recognize that like culturally, that is, you know, a way that things get resolved sometimes. Honestly, I think you grow up. I think fist fighting resolves so much petty bullshit that people are just so afraid of nowadays or like we're so scared of getting hit that we've like turned to alternate solutions that ruin people for life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You remember they in new girl t- whenever like what, a, what a, what a guy fight looked like, I think when it was like coach and smack him or what the situation was, but one of them just like smacked the other one right in the cross. And then it was just like, all right, you yeah. good. Yeah, we good. And that was it. 
No, yeah, I well, just wish it could always be that simple. So, so that was the girl fight episode where like Jess and CC yeah. were fighting over like the yellow, the yellow purse, the purse or whatever. Thing. And yeah. so like there's all the passive aggressiveness, and then Schmidt was just like, "Why don't you guys just talk about it?" And then like they got all angry, and then Coach was just like, "Just hit her. You just have to hit her." And then that like solved everything. And then what it was uh-huh. just like the thing you're talking about is like Schmidt and the uh, coach were like bickering in the elevator and Winston was between them and he punched them both in the You nuts. got both of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. My mom's coming over to get her haircut, so I'm gonna head out. Thanks, buddy. Oh, you're are fun. you actually gonna spend time with your mother for I once? Am. Hi mom. It's gonna Hi, be Hi mom. Fun. Your real See son you minute, is mom. a shitty one. I thought you were gonna say you were the real son. <laughs> no, I am. I will. Oh, okay. Someday. I will consume your role in life. That, that's that's why I'm just like, I'm waiting to get to like a title that I can like manage. And then I'll just knock you out of the picture and be like, hey, I'm Critter. Hi, guys. You're going to take over Critter, too? You're going to take the name? Well, I'm going to I'm just going to assume your entire like role and position in life. You're just going to disappear. And then it'll just be me in your place. But like, no, it'll be like the, the Asian gym joke prank yeah but like permanently like, what are you talking about <laughs> yeah all right well we'll see if we can pull that off later dude. <laughs> all right have a good one bye bye